Hello everyone, I am Crystal Grafton Combs, and you're listening to Coffee Talk with Crystal. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters, and others I will invite friends and sisters to do the same. This episode is part of a special series highlighting our sisters in small business. I grew up in a family who owned and operated a small business, and I partner with my husband to do the same. Every day brings a new adventure, and I am so excited to share this series featuring our sisters in small business as they share their inspiration, their challenges, their success, and their advice for anyone looking to start a side hustle or branch out on their own. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to my next conversation. Hello, Rochelle Kaufman. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. I am delighted to have you because not only is what you do beautiful. I think it will bring beautiful all things to this conversation because (laughs) you are the founder and owner of The Flower Bar in Bozeman, Montana. And I do want to talk about all of that, but first I would love for us to start the way we always do with your AOPI story. Sure, Um, so I, We'll start before, right before college, though. Um, I grew up in California, and uh, when I was 11, we moved to Montana. And I thought Montana was a little house on the prairie, that we'd be the only people with a car, that no one would know like any what a real house looked like. And uh, I was severely mistaken when we moved here, and it snowed in August. Um, but being from California makes you a bit of an outsider because uh, Montanans don't like Californians coming up and taking over. And there's just a long history with that. And if you're a Montanan, you you know. Um, so that made making friends really, really hard growing up here. So in middle school and high school, I just never really fit into a crowd. Girls were always mean to me. Um, and so I just, it just, it was hard. So when I went to college, Um, In Bozeman, which was about an hour and a half away from my hometown, I was just like, yes, let's get the heck out of here. Um, And uh, I went through MSU orientation, and they were having, there was a booth there for sorority. And I'd never really known what a sorority was, but um, I just wanted to make new friends because half of my high school went to my college and the other half went to the other state school here in Montana. And I just didn't want to hang out with everyone I had, like, grown up with. I just needed a clean break. And so um, uh, when I went through recruitment, I was just floored by the energy. Um, I was never really, you know, one of the cool girls, the cheerleader girls, and everyone's just, like, in your face, talking to you, asking questions about you, which was a whole experience I'd never had before. Um, and so our campus had four sororities. And... Um, it was just like I just had so much fun and there were a couple of girls from Helena that were in AOPI and we connected we knew a lot of the same you know places and people and you know 
even though high school rivalries, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And it was just very, um, it was just a, gave me a different experience on women friendships that I was looking for. So, um, going through pledging, um, I just like, everyone was so wonderful. I had a great big sister and, um, the seniors were just very inspirational um, and just seeing how 40 women can all be so different and yet have something in common. And yeah, you might not be best friends with everyone in the house, but you all can respect each other and you, you'll, you all share something that's common being AOPI or you know, AOPI nachos, which are just cheese and nachos, but I don't know why they just got this fancy name of being AOPI nachos and just <laughs> hanging out in the, the metal kitchen table after everyone's gone out and hearing funny stories or writing in the book about like your night and then reading stories of other people's nights and just all these kinds of things. Um, so that was when I just, I really learned so much being an AOPI and every job interview I've ever had afterwards I can always pinpoint to a situation in the house where I'm like, oh, yeah, I have dealt with that. No problem. I got that. Um, <laughs> yes. No, you know. um, but yeah, it was, AOPI was just, it was a really great, you know, four-year experience for me. I was very lucky. Uh, the woman in my house elected me to be president my senior year. Um, it was just, I learned so much leadership and um, just a lot of really good friendships and uh, job skills and when I moved to LA after I graduated I connected with the AOPI chapter there it was one of my sorority sisters um, she was like my great great grand big um, she hooked me up with my first job in LA and then um, another AOPI I met through you know some networking stuff she hooked me up with my next job and um, there's just a lot of that sisterhood, like automatically when I hear someone's an AOPI, like, yep, you're, I can trust you. Like we've gone through the same thing. So, um, my little sister, my actual little sister, she was a founding member at the university of Washington when they opened there. And I actually surprised her at initiation. So when she came through, I was there to carry her through and she just burst into crying cause she didn't know I was coming, but you just um, gave yeah, me so chills. Yeah, so nice to share that with my sister. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so that was that was a lot of fun. Rochelle, I. I feel like I say this often because I hear so many stories, and I am always so impressed by the fact that our women find each other. And to your point, we're not always all going mm -hmm. to be best friends, but we have this common bond and it extends beyond mm -hmm. that four years. So I love that you have shared this story. I also love that an AOPI was who got you your first job, but you know, I have to ask, did it have anything to do with flowers? No, um, so when I'm, Moved to LA, it was during the recession and there were really no jobs in Montana in marketing if, unless you wanted to work for a bank or be a realtor, which was not a good time to be a realtor at that time. But um, so I just packed up my bags. I had $500 in my account and I just left and just trusted that stuff would, would come to be. And uh, just met with AOPIs in LA and just, you know, 
that way I had a bit of a family because they're, you know, I was you know, 1200 miles away from my family and um, living in an area that was definitely more challenging than living up here in the comforts of home. But um, so I worked in entertainment for a bit and then I worked for a nonprofit for the ALS Association right when the Ice Bucket Challenge happened. Oh, wow. So that was, and there were, I mean, there were about three other ALPIs that worked with us. So it was just like this, we had our little ALPI team. And um, even at the events, it was just funny to kind of get together and sing the songs from your chapter that you had, um, tell different stories and stuff. But um, yeah, when I, Flowers was totally not in my design at all. Um, when I decided to move back to Montana, I worked for a dog toy company in the sales department and I, I had a pretty rough micromanaging abusive boss and I just said, that's it, I'm out. And um, I was just kind of looking for some things to do on the side until I figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And there was a job advertised for a floral delivery driver for Valentine's Day. And I was like, yeah, you know, like I can drive and it's (laughs) decent money and it's only temporary. So we'll just try it out. So I got there and they're like, well, we don't really need drivers now. Um, We need someone to help with greening. And I was like, I don't know, I'll mop buckets, whatever, sweep the floor. Like, I don't care. Just give me something to do because I don't want to sit at home all the time. So um, I just greened where I just had, I worked in for the dog toy company in manufacturing. So I had this like assembly line and I'm very competitive. So I would try to green as many containers as I could in an hour and I would time myself and I would have different kinds of music going fast or slower. So I was also teaching fitness classes at the time too. So I was having these like beats per minute in my head, how many times I can like, make an arrangement real quick and send it on to the designers. But the best part was when I would get a shipment of flowers in. And I knew five flowers and most of them were outdoor flowers that you do not put into a container, um, into a base. And I just loved seeing boxes and boxes of flowers coming in and opening them up and looking at the sheet like, what is this? What's this? I don't even know knew that there were all these different kinds of roses and all these different kinds of lilies and tulips and anemones and all these other names that you can't pronounce. And I just loved every little bit of that. And so that flower shop actually closed. Um, The owner had owned it for almost four years and she just retired. And so when that closed, I was like, you know what? I love this. And it's an industry where almost everyone I work with is happy. And every not very often have I delivered flowers to someone who wasn't surprised, delighted, happy, or the sender calling me up saying, did they get them yet? Did they get them yet? Are they like, I just wanna make sure that it's perfect. Like my girlfriend, like I haven't seen her, like just super, super excited, like, okay dude, chill out. Like, they'll be there. Like, <laughs> we got this. picture of her reaction if that's what you want. But, um, but dealing with that kind of stuff, it's very uplifting. And I just love that. And so I came up with the flower bar because I thought of it kind of like, a, you know, like a salad bar. There's just like a bunch of different varieties and you may never make the same one the same um, based on the seasons that flowers come in. Um, 
And I love, you know, the slow flower movement where you're buying flowers from locally grown flower farmers. You're buying flowers that are in season, just like you wouldn't buy an avocado or a tomato when they're out of season. When you buy them in season, they taste so good. They're just perfect. Same goes for flowers. You can buy my favorite flower is the anemone, which is on all of my branding. And anemones are beautiful. They're perfect at, you know, March to July, based on if I'm getting them here in Bozeman or in California. Um, but after that, they're not they're they're not a good flower. They just if you get them too soon, they just they just they're too tiny. They don't look right. Just like with food. Um, and so buying within season and educating my customers has always been very important on top of my list. And when someone says, hey, you know, can I get some peonies? And it's December. It's like, no, you can't. Some places you might be able to, um, but they're expensive and they're super, super tiny. You know, buy what's in season in the wintertime and wait until July and August when Alaska has the most amazing peonies that you'll just pass out over because they're just so gorgeous. So wait until then. Like I know it's a short, short window frame, but you will just, you know, it just you'll it changes the season with your house too. So you know, fall flowers, spring flowers, all of these kinds of things. And yeah, it is kind of sad when a flowers off rotation and just you know it's just not that time of year anymore. But there's excitement that a new flower is coming. So like yes. You know, tulips are done and ranunculas and anemones are done right now, but it's almost Dahlia season. Like, hooray, like we're getting some new stuff. So that's kind of how my approach is with my business, um, sourcing U.S. grown. Um, it just helps with, you know, the flower farmers are getting more of their money. The flowers haven't had to transfer, you know, sit in shipping for so long, like Today I'm getting roses that were just cut from the farm today for a wedding that I have this weekend. Wow. If I were to get South American roses, which is what about 90% of roses out there are, you know, they were cut, you know, a week or two ago. They smell a little bit like a chemical. I can kind of smell that feeling. But when you go and spend $200 on a perfume bottle of rose scented whatever, that is what these roses smell like. They smell like that $200 bottle of perfume because they're trying to emulate that rose that you have that was cut organically grown here by people who have been doing this for 40 years and their family members and stuff. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into flowers and my obsession with it and educating people on you know, the importance of slow flowers and not buying dyed flowers and buying in season and, you know, going beyond roses and baby's breath for Valentine's Day. Like, let's do something different. I believe me, your girlfriend is going to love you for it. So, so I, there are so many things that you just said that I think are unbelievable and amazing. The first is education. And while I know that your purpose in talking about education is to also educate people like me who came up and were in love with roses and calla lilies, but then when I did have this conversation with someone several years ago, and I forget now what event it was from, I fell in love with peonies. And they truly mm -hmm. are the most stunning bloom to me when they are in season, 
but you're right to find them when they're not is an impossibility and then you're sorely disappointed <laughs> yeah yeah and so, you like, a lot for it. it hurts your feelings i get a lot of guys that are at call and they're like um it's my girlfriend's birthday and i want to send her a dozen red roses and i have never been a red rose fan my entire life even though our rose our flower <laughs> is a red rose um but you know i tell guys like you know it your girl, I'm going to give you something different for your girlfriend. Like, you think she likes red roses, but she actually likes something else. And we're just going to experiment and try something different. And we're going to have, you know, four different kinds of flowers in there. We'll put a red rose in there just to kind of check that box. But we're going <laughs> to uplift it with some other things. And when I do, the guys call me back and be like, you're right. She loves this or just... You know, I had a guy call me a couple of weeks ago and his girlfriend loves forget-me-nots and they just so happen to be on rotation right now and they're just amazing. But, you know, he's thinking, okay, can you put an entire bouquet of forget-me-nots together? It's like, well, they're not really like an all bouquet kind of flower, but we'll make something really cool with that because that has meaning. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of girls that, you know, they get get married and they want to have flowers that their mother held in their bouquet or their grandmother. Like I had a woman that um, her mother and grandmother had Lily of the Valley and her color scheme was not really Lily of the Valley-esque, but we were able to incorporate that a little bit into her bridal bouquet, into the groom's boutonniere so that they all kind of had, you know, a little piece together that goes back to like her family roots and tradition, something that was really important to her because flowers do have meaning. And, you know, there's always a flower out there that you remember as a kid or that your mom had or your grandmother always had. And that's meaningful uh, in my family. My great grand, my grandmother has uh, an African violet. And when my great grandmother passed, like it hadn't bloomed at all. But when she passed, it finally started to bloom. And it's been blooming nonstop since then. Oh, so wow. whenever I see an African violet, I think of my great-grandmother and just what a strong Southern woman she was and the beautiful china she painted and just very artistic. And I like to think that I get my artistic skills and um, desire from her. And that's, you know, it brings me, you know, even though she's been gone, but I feel whenever I see an African violet, I think of her. That's amazing. And we all have a story like that. We do. It's interesting that you reference the men and education because you have on your website something that I literally laughed out loud when I was scrolling through. And it's basically, you know, guys, pay attention. This is what you need to know to be like this BA guy to, to yeah. your person, whomever that may yeah. be. And, you know, whether you're surprising your partner, your mom, your sister, like, click here before you order the dozen red roses. So I yeah. just thought that was amazing. And I actually sent the link to both of my sons because while we're not quite there yet, I'm like, you need to read this now. <laughs> Rochelle, tell me what inspired, because you obviously did inherit this talent from your great grandmother. That's amazing and obvious if you see any of these things that you have done. But tell me how you took that and decided that this would be your profession, that you decided you were going to take the leap and open a florist. Like it's a, it's a really competitive business. And yes. much to your point, while you're also trying to provide 
education to people while creating this, I mean, let's be honest, it's what sets the tone and the theme and the, uh, the style of any event. What made you say this? Like, what was that inspiration to do it yourself? Um, I, well, first of all, I love business. Business is what I went to school for. And I, after working for other companies and seeing how they treated me, whether it was well or they didn't treat me well or how, you know, just, I've always wanted to make the world a better place. And I've always been super hardworking. And so starting my own business, the first step was, you know, I can take care of myself and I can treat myself the way I feel I should be treated at work. And so starting off with there, and then, you know, I, I read somewhere, I have, I have a quote written somewhere, it's, you have a moral obligation to grow your business. And thinking, I have the moral obligation to grow my business so that I can hire other people to come find a place to work where they feel valued, where their talent is you know, appreciated, where their time is appreciated, not just at work, but at home. Like I wanna create a, basically a, a company that inspires people to go out and do good, to take care of their families, to be healthy, to, um, and if I can create a business that creates enough money that can help my employees spread that kind of cheer and joy and kindness and love in their own homes, then they can spread that to their groups and their groups and their groups. And that, I mean, it starts with me and I can have a small little impact in my community here. And the customer service that I give and making sure that every customer feels excited and empowered and wants to be part of this movement. And yeah, you know, you can buy flowers from anywhere, but when you buy flowers from me, you know, I'm, I'm sourcing from the community to help local ceramic artists. I am, you know, educating my customers on, you know, where I had a customer yesterday that wanted to just buy, you know, bulk flowers for an event. And yeah, I can sell them that, but they're going to get more bang from their buck from the farm and buying drip because they don't really need me. But if I can help them, then they're going to continue buying from me for other items. And being truthful and genuine and honest with that, I think is so important. And we need to do more of that. And so I just, I've, I've got a lot of really great supporters in my family. My mom has always been there for me, but when it comes down to making a decision and I'm in so many of these groups of women empowerment and, you know, I'm afraid to, to make the leap to start a business or I have an idea, but I'm not quite sure. Or, you know, there's just so many things like that perfection item, like, I can't do everything. I can't have my website launch until it's absolutely perfect. I can't have my business idea come out until it's absolutely perfect. And the, the reality is there's no such thing as perfection. You will always, every time I send something out the door, I, I can critique it every, every which way. Um, and if I send an email out and I didn't proofread it, it's like, you know, I just had to get it out there. Like it's, it's, it's good, good 
is better. Good now is better than perfect later because you will never get perfect. And if you have an idea for something, you just have to go with it. And I read all these business books and um, get so many ideas that inspire me. And in a, Bozeman is a very competitive wedding industry. There's a, so many weddings that come here and there's so many wedding retail florists and wedding florists that come in and um, and I love helping brides and telling their story and stuff but my favorite ones are the guys that call and say oh crap it's our anniversary today please help me <laughs> I screwed up or <laughs> the dad that calls and says my daughter just broke up with her boyfriend she needs some love please help me. And being able to communicate, and I'm such a, you know, sarcastic person. So that's why like the marketing I have towards guys or if you read my <laughs> website, one of the packages called the basic bitch for guys that just want to do the bare minimum, but being able to help some, like finding a need and helping somebody else make their life easier. If you have an idea that is going to make one person's life better, then you have a moral obligation to do that for that person because that person is going to tell other people and they're not alone. If you've combed through archives trying to find information on how you can fix something in your life and you've got that information and now you you should be able to tell other people that whether it's you know a service-based job or if you created the cutest little onesie for kids and it's reusable or you know and you can you know help other moms that are super busy with everything with something that you've created you have a moral obligation to share that and you know you don't need a fancy website you can just start an instagram page it's free and ask all of your friends and just letting go of the the notion that it has to be perfect. Um, you know, that the saying, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. You know, it's just what you've got now, just just do it. And nothing is going to go smoothly. I have had so many ups and so many downs and that's not everything that I'm sharing in the back on my Instagram page. You know, I'm not sharing <laughs> that, you know, all but four of my weddings got canceled this year. You know, I'm just embracing it. You know, it's like, okay, that sucks. Well, we're gonna enjoy Montana summer and we're gonna find inspiration in the mountains. And I'm hauling back a bunch of wood logs and branches and moss and stuff that I found up there that I'm gonna use in some designs. I never would have been able to do that had that wedding not, not been canceled. So just looking for the positive things and everything you do every day and you know just one little step and um when i started the flower business i was working for a company that i hated like i was working for a restaurant supply store i was there for five months and it was the most miserable five months ever because i was afraid that i didn't have the knowledge the design skills, the the business acumen, everything to just jump off and go. But um, 
I looked at everything I've accomplished in my life and like, well, you know what? I drove to California with $500 in my pocket. I had no place to live, but I figured it out. So if I can do that, I can definitely do this in the comfort of my own home. Like there's no reason why, you know, but, um, and I think we need to, especially now, you know, we've, we've all been able to hit the reset button on what's important to us. And, you know, what, what are you doing in your job? What are you doing in your, your life with your friends, your family, your activities, and, you know, going back to your core roots of what is important to you, what's lights a fire inside of you that you are just so passionate about, even if it is, you know, goat soap or whatever, like just whatever makes you excited, you have, just go with it, start something, just play around. And if it, if it doesn't work out, no big deal. Like no one died over it, you know, nothing, you know, you can, I think of all of the different business ideas I've had in my mind over the last, you know, 10 years, or even since I was a kid with my first lemonade stand, you know, I'm not selling lemonade now, but it was, or mowing lawns now, but those were things that kind of brought me to where I am today. And, um, it's just, just one step. If it's just start that Instagram page, start the Facebooks, just tell your friends. Um, there's just so many things that you can do to just, you know, you don't have to make the big leap and quit your job and, you know, take on a million dollar loan so you can start this business. You know, you can start something out of your house. That's what I did. I'm still working out of my house. And um, I was about to build a horse trailer and convert it into a mobile flower truck. Oh, wow. But with, yeah. So, and I was super, super excited about it, but with everything going on and meetings and people aren't gathering and, art walks aren't going on and I've had to postpone that but that's okay like it's just something that you know comes at you and you deal with it and you pivot you come up with something different so what are people doing now well more people are staying at home okay so let's let's create something that people can do with flowers at home maybe someone doesn't want to spend a hundred dollars buying an arrangement for themselves but they'll spend a hundred dollars on a little kit with flowers that they can make with their kids and hand chop to their neighbors, which is, you know, spreading kindness and writing a positive note. Like you were, you're, we're thinking of you and being able to sh- like share what I do with my community so that they get to experience opening that door and think, Oh my God, who sent me flowers? I get to share that with someone else. And that's not that I never would have thought of had this happened. And so more lives have been able to be touched. More people are learning about flowers. People are being able to be connected to each other in a time where there is a lot of lack of connection. I couldn't agree more. And I love the way that you phrase that. You know, for small businesses, this has been a beast of a year. It does not matter if you were in business 18 months or 18 years. There are very few of us who have not been adversely impacted. And a lot of people don't think about that trickle-down effect that now people aren't, you know, you think about the brides who have to postpone the wedding, but then that trickles to the vendors 
who were going to create that experience, including the florist, and then the florist who has the people that deliver the flowers and set it up and design and all of those things. And it really has been so challenging for so many. I even read, whether it's true or not, I do not know, but today it came across my news feed that an expected 60% of new restaurants will not reopen that were you know in that that new quote phase and and it's devastating and it's heartbreaking and so when we talk about how we have stepped outside of the box to pivot to use your word and to create an experience that can keep the doors open until the brides are scheduling again and and really not even just brides i mean there are so many everyday things but when there's a lack of income for people to be able to buy those beautiful things. I've always said if I won the lottery that I would have fresh flowers delivered daily to my door. It's just the most amazing experience. I would ask you if there was one piece of advice you would give to a new business owner, a small business owner, what would it be? Um... Not being afraid. I don't want to say, just fear is not, don't let it cripple you. Um, I don't don't want to use the expletive, but blank fear. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. I don't know where that explicit button is in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Pound sign, exclamation, fear. should I be doing this? What are other people going to think? What's most important out of all of that is you. How do you feel? Does it jive with you? Do you, does it resonate so well with you that you just, you, you want, you have this information and you want to share it with someone. You have to do that. Um, it's, it's more important than ever. You know, it's, what you're saying earlier about 60% of restaurants might not make it. It, um, I just think of like right now, customer service, that's one little area that we all can improve on. And I feel like the last couple months, COVID has been a great excuse for providing poor customer service. And I could write a book on my experiences, but <laughs> here's the time. Like if there's one small thing that you can do in your business, just improve your customer experience. When some, from the second you get the phone call, to they until they get their you know their product or service and following up sharing how much you're so grateful and not being afraid to engage with your customers like that's you know they they think of the best the brands that you love the most when you get the note card in the mail saying thank you so much for your purchase or like when you get that second when you feel appreciated we all need that right now and so don't be afraid to reach out to your customers. Don't be afraid to reach out to your friends. Just don't be afraid that, you know, the economy this or the presidential election this or, you know, the towns this or like all of these statistics out there, it can it can make you just want to hide into your home and not go out and not create and not start your own dreams. But this is the time the best some of the greatest ideas have 
in the world have come during really difficult times. And so your idea deserves to be heard. Come speak out. Don't be, don't let it, don't let fear keep cripple you and keep you down. So that's, that's kind of been my motto for the last couple months and it's worked out pretty well. Um, I mean, my business has grown the retail side over 500%. Wow. And so, you know, when we were in shutdown here and everyone else had closed up, I was like, you know what? I can wear the mask. I can do the gloves. I can basically wear a biohazard suit, walk out my doors, and I can still deliver flowers and ring the doorbell, step six feet back, Oh, Susie Adams, these are for you, and walk away. And everyone that got to experience flowers during a time of like heightened fear was able to, I, I can make their day. And you never know, by stepping out beyond your own fears, you can make someone else's life better. And that's what you need to do. So I have to ask you one last question before we wrap up. I love okay. your tagline. It says the flower, yes, the flower barn. It says kindness blooms. Do you have a particular inspiration behind that or is it just how you live your life? Um, I just, like with, like I mentioned earlier, delivering flowers, it's, it's an industry that really has, doesn't have very many angry people and everyone's always appreciative. And I'm, I'm the messenger carrier the message carrier someone is sending you know whether it's i love you or happy anniversary or something written in code or something written in a different language then i have no idea what they're saying but i am delivering that message to somebody and it's an act of kindness and whether it's the sender sending the flowers or the smile on someone's face when they receive the flowers or me being able to support the local farmers or ceramic artists that are making the vases that I use or just small businesses that I use for every day for my business. Like it's all in an act of kindness. We all can do something nice every single day. You don't have to do something big, the grand gesture, you know, just sending a simple note in the mail to your friend and saying, you know, I'm thinking of you um, a little bit more beyond just the text message, you know, like, how many times do you get cards in the mail and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. Thank you so much. Like, it's just, it's so much more than getting a text and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, thanks. You too. Smiley face emoji or whatever <laughs> emoji you use. Yeah. It's so true. Um, unicorn emoji. But, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, a card, I mean, it's a couple bucks and a 39 cent stamp, you know, to make someone stay. You know, flowers are every time you when you go through a walk in the park people are always looking and smelling and stopping by to smell the flowers anytime you go anywhere you pick up a floral print or you see anything like flowers just invoke kindness and joy and happiness and just just right now especially like I came up with that tagline two years ago when I started my business before all of this went down, but it's more important than ever. And so part of my business I have, um, I give away free flowers every month. And um, it's my kindness blooms project and people nominate someone in the community 
and let me know like what the, what they've done that has been so appreciative to someone else. You know, it doesn't have to be someone that you know. It can be your next door neighbor that you don't really talk to, but you see how that they shovel the snow of your elderly neighborhood across the way every single time it snows. So those kinds of things, like, yeah, maybe you, you don't want to spend money on flowers or you feel awkward, but I can bring the flowers to them and say, somebody saw you, someone notices you. Here you go, here's some flowers. You were nominated because you've inspired kindness to somebody else in our community. And so if we can spread out more and crowd out the negative information, I just think that we can we can all accomplish so much more. I love everything about this. Now, yeah. tell us how people can find you. Instagram, website? Instagram, Facebook. My website is w www.theflower.bar not .com um, <laughs> I was tempt, I was told to get a vanity URL and I actually love it so whatever um, but you can write me there um, you can email me at hello at theflower.bar um, or you can call me uh, my number is 406-595-6138 if you just want to you know I love hearing from people pitch I just anything I just especially now you know I just love I love hearing people's stories and so the more positive fun stories we can share that bring a little joy a little humor like let's all share it Rochelle I love hearing people's stories also and I have particularly loved hearing yours today I don't know that I have smiled so much or said wow so many times in listening (laughs) to someone share their story so thank you for sharing it with us today and for oh, everyone, thank you for having me. Thank you. And for everyone out there listening, as always, thank you. And until next time, stay safe and be well. Mm-hmm.